Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where it's not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving them the second chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that second chance for you to let you know our opinion on if a show is worth more than just one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be How I Met Your Father. So this is a unique one, because not only is it a show that obviously has two episodes. Is it unique? But it's also a second show of the same formula. So, not unique at all. I mean, just unique in like that we watched the first two episodes of things, and this is the second iteration of a similar storytelling thing. Okay, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it's not unique in that either. Power Rangers. Yeah. I guess Power Rangers have different plots. This doesn't have a different plot. This show is literally How I Met Your Mother, but gender swapped. Yeah, I mean, I assume it has changes in the overarching plot, the but the main... The theme song is even the same, except now it's a woman singing instead of a man. Also, what is How I Met Your Mother? Like, you've mentioned that several times when we watched this, and I don't get what you're trying to get at, man. Well, okay, so, you know the redhead from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. Okay, so after she found out she was a lesbian witch... Yeah. And after everything that happened in Buffy's town that happened at that... Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah. After everything that happened at Sunnydale that happened, well, Willow went on to change her name because she didn't want to be associated with, like, being a witch. So she changed her name. I thought it was because she didn't want to be associated with Joss Whedon. Moved to New York. Okay. Fell in love with a giant dude, and he was the background character of a show called How I Met Your Mother. What's that? The show that the show that Willow was on. No, she was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, but yeah, but that was before she moved to New York. They're canon together. I don't think she moves to New York. Yeah, at the very end. That's not what the comics say. Comics aren't canon. The comics are canon. You know, what's, you know what's the really insane part? The movie is also canon. Yeah. Like because Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's the reason she Buffy. ends up in Sunnydale. Yeah, starts with Buffy moving to Sunnydale because she got kicked out of her last school for burning down the gym. Yeah. Yeah, because the movie is when she finds out she's a slayer. Anyways, this isn't a review of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That would be a much better podcast. Would it? I mean, depending would on it? if we did it, it would be a much better podcast. I don't know about that. Also, there's probably already like 50 of them. 100%. There's, a, there's definitely dozens of Buffy the Vampire Slayer watch-along shows. But anyways, this is How I Met Your Father. Which is a similar but different variant of How I Met Your Mother. I still don't know what that is. I'm not going to let you keep playing this gag. You're going to have to like edit all of this out or just admit you know what How I Met Your Mother is and you've seen a couple episodes. Look, if you wanted to try to make things connected to other show canons, it would have been easier to do with Freaks and Geeks. I've never seen Freaks and Geeks, which is upsetting because Finding Carter is a very, very good show and the main actress from Finding Carter was originally in Freaks and Geeks before... Finding Carter. The guy who plays Marshall was in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, was he? Pretty sure. Wow, I didn't know that. Freaks and Geeks is kind of like on the like rim of shows I know I should watch, but that I haven't. Makes sense. Like Zoe 101 and Degrassi. You, you shouldn't watch Zoe 101. Degrassi was alright, but not great. And Victorious. I'm joking about Victorious. That was... If you don't know who Quinnan Reviews is, go find his YouTube channel. Enjoy yourselves. So, How I Met Your Father opens in the year 2050. Yep. And a woman's in her apartment or house, and she walks into the living room and tells her home to call her son. And then the house is like, lights are already on. And then she complains because... You would think, blah, 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 they would have made it better by now, and then has it call her son. You know, it's funny. We had that exact moment earlier, though, where we were like, hey, Google, turn on the lights. And Google was like, I'm going to speak Spanish now. Yeah. 
That was weed. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen because you said the words, hey, Google. Okay, Google, stop, please. <laughs> That's the sound of my soul dying. Okay, so. Google, stop. Oh. Uh, so finally she called her son. And her son answers and she's just like, I'm going to tell you how I met your father oh, with no prompting. Oh, she's like, how are you doing? He's like, I just finished studying for this test. And she's like, cool. I'm glad you're not busy. I'm going to tell you about how I met your father. He's like, I already know how you met my dad. You're just drunk, aren't you? And she's like, why, yes, I am. She's like, you haven't heard all the Jesus. And like, how much have you had to drink? And she's like, enough to mention the sexy bits. Honestly, at that point, I would just hang up with my mother. Yeah. Be like, look, I don't need to know the sexy bits. I don't need, like, honestly, I don't need to know more than that you guys met. Yeah. That is the biggest problem with the first episodes of these shows compared to, I guess, How I Met Your Mother and the fact that in How I Met Your Mother, the kids asked how they met. I believe so. I think. I've, it's. I don't know. It's been forever since I actually saw the beginning of How I Met Your Mother. And like all sitcoms, wait, they had a terrible Wait, wait, ending. no, no, no. I think... I don't think so. I think he chose to tell them how they met the mother. The way he can explain why he's now going to fuck their hand. Oh yeah, that's that's the whole conceit of the show. But that's but like we only learned that he's gonna fuck their aunt because of the end of the series. Yeah. And like I was saying, all sitcoms end terribly. It's a curse of sitcoms. None of them get it end good. The one that did manage to end on a good note, where everybody was like, "That was a good ending," then ruined it by making another season. Yeah. Even community. Everyone knows up. the last season of Golden Girls wasn't great. <laughs> If they just stopped right before that last season, fantastic. I was talking about Scrubs. I have no idea how Golden Girls ends. I honestly don't remember. I've watched all of it. All I know is Golden Girls just gets more and more insane the further you get in the series. And it's, it's amazing. wonderful. <laughs> Rest in peace, Betty White. You were yeah. a legend. Jeez. <laughs> so with her now starting her story, she starts it off by saying, it starts like any romance in 2022 with a Tinder date. And she mentions she was running late. As she dashed to her Uber, she gets in her Uber, and her Uber driver's named Jesse. And Jesse mm-hmm. has his friend Sid along because Sid is going to propose to his fiance tonight, his girlfriend tonight, not fiance yet. Yeah. Um, so Sid's hitching a ride so he can go pick up his fiance. And Jesse is doing Uber stuff because he's like, I'm in my fucking car, so why not? Yeah. So Sophie, Sid- S- Sophie, the mother here, asks Sid for all the details. She's like, tell me everything. So, you know, Sid explains that, yeah, he plans on asking his girlfriend, Hannah. She lives in LA at the moment where she's a surgeon. He's running a bar here. Oh, I thought it was Texas. My bad. No. And he's running a bar here, but he intends to ask her to marry him. I wonder how they see this relationship progressing in the future, because she seems to be like, not just... Like a resident or something, but like an actual doctor at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, she might be looking into moving out to New York for it because there are a lot of big hospitals in New York as well. He's not just physically picking up his bar and moving it to LA. Yeah, no. However, if he makes his bar successful enough, he could franchise it to LA. That seems unlikely. I realize. Especially if he's in episode two, we see his bar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's been like, so I'm telling her we're going to see Beyonce tonight, but in actuality, She's going to come into the bar, and all of her, all of her friends are going to surprise her, and then I'm going to propose. And his friend Jesse's just, like, shaking his head. And so he's like, I think she might be a little upset about not seeing Beyonce. And then Jesse's like, that's what I've been saying this entire time. And so she's like, look, a lifetime with me is better than Beyonce. And they're both just like, mmm. I don't know you, Sid, but it's a hard call at this point. Yeah. So then Jesse asks her what she's doing at. He looks up the name of her location. I don't remember what it was. A bar. 
Yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm going on a date probably with the guy I'm going to marry. The man of my dreams, the last guy, the last first date I'll ever go on, da 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 And they're like, oh, and she's like, yeah, but I've never met him before. It's a Tinder date. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. That's what it is. Okay. Oh, you're the you're a crazy lady. I get it. Yep. And then she goes on to describe- As far as stereotypes go, crazy lady is offensive, and I'm sorry that I perpetuated it here, but that's kind of their reaction. Yeah. And then from here, she goes on to explain that her- previous first date was with a guy who showed up 20 minutes late because he was hooking up with someone that he had just been on a date with before that and proceeded to entirely tell her about his sexual encounters before he showed up there and seemed to think it was a good thing that he did that also because i forgot to mention earlier sophie young sophie at least is played by hillary duff also known as lizzie mcguire i forgot that she like i thought she stopped acting but no she was in a show called younger Google says that she she hasn't stopped at acting. Yeah, I know she did a show called Younger, which was all right for like the show type that it was. I know nothing about the show. I vaguely remember its existence. I didn't know Hilary Duff was on it. Yeah, she's like the main character's best friend. Mm. And then strained best friend and then best friend again. Mm. It's strained best friend because she finds out that Liza, the main character, isn't the same age as her because Liza's actually old and has a daughter her age, but... She looks young and was having a hard time getting back into the work industry after a divorce. Because society is ageist? Yes. So she let people assume she was younger than she was and just rolled with it. And now people are upset. To be fair, I would too. Yeah. Like the only thing that makes it uncomfortable is she dates a guy that's like 20 years younger than her. That. And doesn't tell him. That is kind of. Yeah. I'm like that one. That's the part that's not okay. But before their relationship gets serious, she does tell him. Oh, that's good. It's like. I'm I'm actually having more fun like learning about Younger than I did the first episode of this show. Yeah, no, like Younger is not a bad show. It's not great, but it's not bad. Anyways, she then continues to tell Jesse and Sid about Ian, the guy she is going to meet and, and hopefully marry. And Jesse's a critic, and Sid's just being like the the Greek choir here. She's like, so I met Ian. And he's like, oh my god, she met Ian, but she didn't even actually meet him. It was on Tinder. Yeah, because she says. When she left that relationship, she was just about to leave Tinder. Uninstalled Tinder entirely. And then she matched with Ian. Oh my god, she matched with Ian. And says like, it's just like, you've got Mel. And Jesse's response, which is probably the best joke so far of the episode, is it sounds like you've got exceedingly high expectations for this first date. Honestly, the show has some pretty decent, like, jokes. Yeah. Just, like, sitting at it, so. And I think the best part is probably it has a variation of humor. Like, Jesse is more dry humor. Charlie later is very much more absurdist, fish-out-of-water humor. And then we have snarky humor between Sophie and her best friend later. Yeah, Ellen is just the best humor. Yeah. Because Ellen is physical physical humor. Yes, Ellen's Ellen is physical humor. She's so good at it. Yeah, so <sighs> we have different types of humor, which is nice. And I actually don't know if we have, like, was that really a thing in How I Met Your Mother? It wasn't really, was it? I have no idea. I... Look, I haven't watched an episode of How I Met Your Mother in like... A decade almost, probably. Uh, when was I in college? 2012-ish? 2012, 2013. Literally like a decade-ish, like I said. Yeah. So like eight or nine years. It's been eight or nine years since I actually watched an episode of How I Met Your yeah, Mother. same. So like almost a decade. Oof, dude, I'm old. <laughs> so she's talking about how they've just... How her and Ian, though... Have become such pivotal parts of each other's lives already. Like just messaging and stuff. We see like a montage of them messaging. At one point, they ask them about their favorite celebrity crushes. And her response to his, which I don't remember what he said. Her first celebrity crush was Buzz Lightyear. To which I just have to question, how can anyone have a crush on anything with the voice of Tim Allen? It's a very good question. 
I'm trying to remember who his first crush was, but I can't remember for the it life was, of me. It was a reasonable answer, so it didn't stay in my head. But then they like talk about what their jobs are, and she's a photographer. and like. But she would prefer to be a, just a street photographer. But she's a freelance photographer right now. And he is a marine biologist, and he's currently in Australia. Yes. But he's coming back, and that's when they, that's why they're having the date tonight, is because he just got back in town. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't get the feeling, like, by the end of the episode, I don't get the, feel, the the feeling that he was lying about Australia. Yeah, no. But, like, at this point, I'm like, dude's not a marine biologist or from Australia. Yeah, and when she first got in the cab, she basically, Jesse let her borrow a phone charger to charge her phone, which I need to point out now, because it's vaguely consistent here, because this is their end of her ride, so she takes a phone and gets out. Fun fact, we learned very quickly, it's not her phone. Also, should be noted, this is the most cringy moment of the show, when she is giving her phone to Jesse to charge, she's like, my phone is hungry, it's like, feed me mother! It's super cringy, super bad humor. Yeah. Though, as she's getting ready to leave, there's some decent humor here because she misses that Jesse's just cynical. And, like, her and Zid are talking about more than she asks Jesse what his actual opinion is. And she's like, well, very much like how I feel like you're not going to give me a five star review after this. Here we go. And, like, explains, like, I think you're completely overselling this. It's not going to turn out any way like you hoped. The chance of you having this perfect date is the same chance of you giving me a five star review after I've said this. Yeah. And she, like, glares at him and takes a phone and leaves. And I'm just like, yes, the man has opinion. He doesn't know you. He has no obligations to, like, butter you up other than the fact that he wants five stars. So Ian and Sophie have a really good date. And in Sophie's description to her son, it's the type of date where you don't even look at your phone. And he goes, like, what? And she's like, I know, right? I mean, to be fair, like, I can't think. There are very few social situations where I have my phone and an hour, 90 minutes go by and I don't check it. I do it all the fucking time. So I understand what she's saying, but at the same time, like... I, I don't, but that's because I'm weird for my generation, apparently. I mean, it's just because you're weird. You don't have to, like... Put clauses on it. <laughs> so Sophie then gets back to her apartment. She mentions that it was fantastic, and then we turn back to the very end of the date. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. And uh, Ian's like, so... This was a really good date, but... but... I'm going back to Australia, and she's like, when? And he's like... Literally tomorrow. I just stopped. I just got. I got a. I got a job offer. I just got in town to put my stuff in storage and sub up my apartment, and then I'm heading back to Australia. Yeah. So they decide that even though they had this great back and forth with their phones and through the internet and this one really great date, they don't think it's a good enough basis for long distance. So they decide to end it here. Mm -hmm. And then Sophie gets back into her apartment, and we're introduced to Valentina, who Sophie introduces to her son in the storytelling. As Aunt Valentina, implying that, like, they're not related, but, like, she's that close of a friend that, like, yeah. he grew up with her as Aunt Valentina. And Valentina just got back from Fashion Week and Petty. You know, like, Aunt Robin. Yeah. And then... I... <clears throat> and then Valentina's like, oh, so did you meet Ian? How'd it go? Was it fantastic? And Sophie's like, yeah. And so Valentina gushes, and she's so happy for her. And then Sophie's like, but he's going back to Australia, so we're not going to date. And Valentina just, like, stops. She's like, what? Yeah. And then we see a naked man. An attractive naked man. Coming out of the hallway behind them. And Sophie freaks out because she's like, it's a pervert, a naked pervert in our apartment. And Valentine's like, no, he's not. Well, yeah, he kind of is, but he's- In, in a good way. He's my boyfriend. He lives with us now. I picked him up in Paris. That's not quite how it goes. They, he gets introduced, but then like he, he gets sent back to the bedroom. Yeah. With, and she's like- He doesn't get sent back. He willingly goes back to get close. Yeah, yeah. And so Valentina and Sophie are talking, and Valentina's like, 
Yeah, so Par- so Fashion Week was really good, and now uh, Charlie lives with us, and... Yeah, she just steamrolls through it, and then... And then, how, how have you been? Yeah, and Sophie's like, what? And Ronald is like, okay, so because he decided to hook up with me, a Latina makeup artist, and then come back to New York, his parents cut him off from his trust fund, so he lives with us now. Yep. Yep. Then there's a joke about fruit play, and Hilary Duff spits out the apple she was eating because... Yeah. implied that it was used in some form of sexual act. Yeah, and then Valentina's like, motions to the ball, which is filled with apples. She's like, you should, you should probably get rid of the rest of those two. Yep. Valentina then convinces Sophie that even though, like, it doesn't make sense, like, they're young enough that it doesn't have to make sense. You can just try to do something just because you can try to do something. Yeah, she's not trying to say that in any way to affect Sophie's decision with Ian. She's using that as justification for why Charlie should live with him and why she hooked up with Charlie. And then Sophie's like, you're right. And I'm going to go talk to Ian. Yeah, she's like, I-, I bet I can catch him. He said his flight's tonight and pulls out her phone and it's not hers. And she's like, oh, no. It's Sid's phone. So then she heads to Sid's bar because that's where Sid and Jesse said they were going. Mm-hmm. And so she heads there and Charlie's like, ooh, I want to go. I've always wanted to ride the subway. Yes. And then we immediately cut to him being like, oh, God, I hate the subway. Yeah, Does it always like, smell that bad? And then they just make jokes about the New York subway being disgusting Mm -hmm. so we then get the required false surprise of a surprise party yes where sophie charlie and valentina walk into this bar everybody jumps out of hiding and is like surprise which you know every sitcom has to have at some point yeah this show's just getting it done early and then jesse's running around super anxious when he sees him he's like you guys aren't sid his phone says he's almost here just like ah i have his phone And and jesse's like Oh no, I can't I can't let this happen. I can't let his proposal fail too. And Sophie's like, what what and he kinda glances over it at the moment. And he pulls Sophie back into the kitchen with him. And Valentina and, ha- and Charlie hide behind the bar. Yep. And then we learn that Jesse is Mr. Proposal Phil because there's an online mm-hmm. viral video of him asking his girlfriend at the time to marry him. His girlfriend and bandmate. To marry him and she says no, makes it really awkward and he trips over something. Um, well, he's, and falls well, he's, off the stage. Yeah. Yep. And then, because he's talking to Sophie about this, he's like, and now she's recording her first solo album in Europe, and I'm an internet joke. I'm an Uber driver. That is an internet joke. Yeah. And then we also see Charlie and Valentina crouched behind the bar, hiding. And they're getting, they get into an argument because... Charlie's Char- still complaining about the, yeah, Charlie, the subway. Charlie's too prissy. That's what it boils yeah. down to. And then they get startled by the woman behind them, who introduces herself as Ellen, Jesse's adopted sister. Yeah, and she's his adopted sister because he is white and she is Asian, mm-hmm. and he is super white. And so she tells them that, yeah, she's here to reconnect with her brother and get, and get out of the town she grew up in. Which because was some small town in Illinois. Mm-hmm. They had like 600 people, mm-hmm. and the person she's getting divorced from, her ex-wife, is the only other lesbian in town, so yeah. it would have been awkward to stay. And I don't remember who she says here. God, who does she say? And now she's in New York to... Get away from there, connect with her brother, and meet Kate McKinnon. No, and to ask out Kate McKinnon. And ask out Kate McKinnon, yeah. And then, and then Valentina's like, you know Kate McKinnon? And this is the best comedy moment in the episode because Ellen's face is just like, no. no. And then... Lives up. It like, Brightens it, up. It, it's no, like, just long enough where she's looking down and then she's like, do you know Kate McKinnon? And it's... The delivery is so good. I... Oh, it's so good. So then... Sitting his fiance show up. And the proposal goes well, and his fiance's like, I can't believe I'm getting engaged and seeing Beyonce on the same night. And it's just like, mm, mm, mm. And he shakes like, his head. I can't believe I'm getting engaged. Yeah. And then 
Sophie walks up and switches foam with Sid. And Sid's like, yeah, uh, it's dead. That feels on brand for you. <laughs> and they've only known they've only known each other like 10 minutes. It's yeah. such a it's such a snide comment. But anyways, she starts trying to charge her phone because she's trying to mm-hmm. get in contact with Ian. We see Charlie and Valentina arguing again because he just got out of the bathroom and he's complaining about bathroom stall. He's complaining about urinals. Urinals, stalls. How many people could fit in the bathroom at once? And at a point she's like, "What do you you don't you don't know how to, you don't use stalls?" And he's like, "No, I use stalls." But we keep the horses. This is- yeah. While this is all going on, Hannah, Sid's fiance, gets a call from the hospital she works at. Her patient. They have a lung for the transplant. She has to get back ASAP, mm-hmm. which feels ridiculous. If she, that, like that's a fourteen-hour flight, right? Like, yeah. In wide in LA is like a fucking long flight. Mm-hmm. Like they they would just have another doctor do it. Yeah. That lung isn't necessarily going to be viable in fourteen hours unless it's like a living match. I mean, yeah. If it's not a living match, that's a long time to keep it on ice. Mm, yeah. So we also see Sophie and Jesse at the bar. And Jesse's behind the bar, so assumingly he helps sit out, like, because he is setting up drinks and stuff. Yeah. And they're just talking. And she's just like, look, man, I know shit's really fucked up for you right now, but, like, don't give up on love. Love's, like, the greatest thing. And he's just like, let me guess. Your parents were college sweethearts, never got divorced. They're still together. He's like, but things are different for people. It's like, for... And then he's like, but things are different for people like us in the real world. And she's like, yeah, I guess you got it kind of right. Yeah. And then she turns on her phone. And she has a picture from Ian. It's a picture of his boarding pass. And he's at JFK. And she's like, I have to go right Mm -hmm. now. I have to stop him and tell him that we can be together. We can make this work. So. And then that's when Hannah gets her phone call. And then she needs to go back to LA. Because Jesse's like, I guess the universe wants me to take people to the airport. Yeah. So Jesse's car is a sedan. It seats five people. Mm-hmm. And so, he goes to leave, so he's taking Sophie with him. Sophie? Sid and Hannah. So that's four people total, including himself. And then... Valentina drags Charlie, because she wants to not be stuck in a social situation with just him. That's six people. And then Jesse comes back in to get a sister who he forgot about. And she's just like, you forgot about me, didn't you? And he's like, no. no. That's seven people fitting in that sedan. You're either stacking people or putting people in the trunk. Yeah, and we, we don't see their drive. We just see them at the airport now without sid and hannah assumedly they went to his every gate which makes sense sophie tracks down ian because she has his gate information from his Mm -hmm. boarding boarding pass pass. and she's like look even though it's insane we can make it work And he's like no you don't understand how insane it is it's It's a 14 hour hour time time difference difference. i'm gonna be on a boat most of the time not have signal like it's it's, crazy it's not even like it's a long distance relationship it's a relationship where like for three weeks at a time we have no interaction there's no communication and she's like but we can make it work and he's like no maybe someday but not not right now like it's fucked up but like it's not gonna work she said should mention at the bar when sophie was complaining to jesse she's like don't worry you'll find your um Brooklyn Bridge your, your, girl. Your, your Brooklyn Bridge girl. And he's like, the what fuck the is fuck? a Brooklyn Bridge girl? And she's like, oh, you see, it's I think I made York. up. Yeah, I grew up in New York, and I, I realized late in my teens that I had never crossed the Brooklyn Bridge, and I decided I would wait till I found the person I was really in, that I was in true love with, and we would cross it together and be an experience that would bond us. And he's like, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. And, and so, then after this airport scene, we go to the Brooklyn Bridge, and she's like, fuck it, I'll cross it by myself. But obviously, she also has her new friend group with her, which will be our obvious friend group throughout the season. So whoever she ends up with is from that friend group. So the story can do that classic thing of, well, I guess I did cross the Brooklyn Bridge with blah, 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 blah. But I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so they all go to the Brooklyn Bridge. It's Jesse, his sister Ellen, Sid, Sophie, Charlie, and Valentina. And then they're all like, you know, kind of hungry. We should go get something to eat. Well, Charlie and Valentina patch things up here a bit because Charlie's yeah. just like, this bridge is actually a lot cleaner than that would be. And it looks nice. And Valentina's just like, you don't have to pretend. He's like, nah, I actually, I actually like the bridge. Mm-hmm. And then because he's not being prissy and complaining, she's like, man, you are super fucking attractive. And when you're not talking or complaining, I find you super fucking attractive, basically. Basically, it's the relationship between, oh, what's the what's his name? The guy with like shortcut black hair and like the really sharp angular features and um, Zoe Deschanel's best friend and new girl. Schmidt? Schmidt, yeah. It's like it's like her, her and Schmidt's relationship. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's 100%. If you just shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they all decide to go get dinner and they head back to Sid's place for drinks. Though and- here, because Jesse mentions how basically crazy Sophie's being... He makes a mention about how she's lucky to have loving parents to Val. And Val's just like, what are you talking about? She never even knew her dad. And her mom's a fucking humongous party girl. New boyfriends every week. And he's like, oh, well, I Mm -hmm. guess I don't know what I'm talking about then. And that's the end of this episode. There is one final joke where they're all entering Sid's apartment after they went out for dinner. And Sid's like, yeah, hosting people I don't know for drinks and engagement sex. They're both the same level of awesome. Yeah, there's actually a secondary joke after that for people who watched the first season. Well, who watched How I Met Your Mother, not the first season. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And they're just like, oh, super nice apartment. And he's just like, yeah, we got it from a still from the Wesleyan alumni page, the married couple that lived here it came with the swords mm-hmm. I, it's marshall and lily's place from how i met your mother they're obviously just reusing sets because they have them and it saves money you mentioned how i met your mother i mentioned it earlier too at the very beginning when you held me hostage for 15 fucking minutes before <laughs> we could continue it was five minutes anyways that's the end of the first episode justice do you have thoughts on the first episode yeah my thoughts on the first episode honestly it's not as bad as i thought it would be it's still very unoriginal and uninspired like every other reboot or revival. At least it's more original than those ones where they have the same cast and everything's exactly the same or straight up continuations. It's just like same idea, but at least it has different characters. I don't know if that's more original or less original. I mean, at least they're writing different characters, whereas before they just most revivals that I've seen write the same characters, but now poorly. And then, you know, some of the jokes landed pretty well. And as of right now... Charlie's fish out of water stuff is funny. I assume by episode six, I'll hate it if I continued watching that far. Yeah, I'm I'm on a similar boat. Like it's got funny bits. It's just honestly, it doesn't feel like a. It feels like the type of show that you watch when you're in the dentist office and you're waiting to see the dentist. It doesn't feel like a show that anybody chooses to watch, but just a show that's on television. Yeah, which is really disappointing for this show that's not on television because it's on Hulu. It's a Hulu original. True. Nobody's going to accidentally watch this. That's the biggest detriment to, <laughs> to like online streaming TV shows. Yeah. Nobody accidentally watches shit and, and gets hooked on it. He's like, that happened when TV channels were a thing and TV was a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd accidentally watch something. You'd be like, oh, fuck. I've watched four episodes of this show. Oh, oh shit. This show's good. What the fuck happened? Or it's, oh, fuck. This show is passable. <laughs> I'll watch more, I guess. There's nothing else on in this time slot that I watch. It's normally the time I just zone out before other shit comes on. This is normally when I take a half hour poop break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, onward to episode two. Which is entitled FOMO. I don't know if we mentioned episode we one's didn't. title. We didn't. Episode one is titled Pilot. So, episode two is entitled FOMO, and it starts with Valentina and Sophie. Valentina snapping Sophie out of a depressive state to do morning aerobics. 
No, it's charged with the mother talking to her son. No. And he's like, but what what happened about meeting up with dad? And she's like, oh, that, that was, there was a lot of hookups before that happened. And then she says, and after that bridge, I backslid a, lot, a bunch. And then it's Valentina snapping Sophie out of her depressive funk because... Because all Sophie wants to do is sit in her room, read texts from Ian, and listen to Drops of Jupiter. Yeah. Which, to be fair, Drops of Jupiter. It's a good like, train song, but train has better song. I don't know. Drops of Jupiter is the train song that has the fried chicken lyric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's better songs. There is not. There's not better... Drops of Jupiter mentions fried chicken. That's... That's top tier music. So she she drags Sophie out to do exercises to Jane Fonda videos. And she's talking about how uh, she herself plans to break up with Charlie because he's so clingy. He's always there. And Sophie's like, yeah, he lives with us now. And he literally knows nobody else in New York. You think you think maybe that has anything to do with it? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know I can set him up on Grinder, And she's like, no. How about those guys we met? No, Val's exact statement is, I could get it, make him a grinder account, and then when the guy gets here, lock them in a room together, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And then Sophie's like, no, we could just, you know, meet up with those guys that we met, like, last week. Yeah, so Sophie ends up messaging Jesse and being like, hey. Well, Val mentions that she wants to go to a club Oh yeah, she got, called FOMO. She, she got her and Sophie tickets, entrance. No, no she, she just plans on going. Now, she mentioned that she got them into. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't know what... Okay, so I've, I've never lived in a city that large, so I have no idea what getting into a club days in advance means. Like, anytime I've been to a club, it's a literal thing at the doors. Like, it's not a, oh, I'm on the list because I talked to somebody two days ago. Look, it, it makes no sense with their interaction at the door anyway, so yeah. I'll ignore what Valentina says. But apparently this club they're going to is called FOMO. Obviously, it's inspired on the whole fear of missing out bullshit. It's why it's named what it is. Mm-hmm. It has a fuck ton of rooms. One million rooms. Supposedly. That's, and what, that's what Valentina says. In the show, we hear about, hear slash see about nine different ones because in this, she mentions that there's a tapas room, a topless room, a topless tapas room, a foam room, and a foam room. And a neon room. That was oh, the other room. And she a mentioned. neon room. That's what it is. Yeah, that was the other room yeah. she mentioned. And then later, when we actually go there, we see like two and hear a mention of two others. Yep. So Sophie then sends him. Yeah, Sophie. Mm-hmm. Then sends a message to Jesse and being like, hey, uh, do you do you and your friends want to go out to FOMO with me and my friends tonight, tomorrow night? I don't get the exact timeline on this. Yeah. And we see. Saturday night. So this isn't Saturday. That, that's what it was. And. This week, there's a transition, obviously, and we see Jesse, Sid, and Ellen painting Sid's bar, and they're, they're having a decent discussion about, like... And some new character who we don't know, I forgot his name. We get his name very quickly here. Okay. I, yeah. will, I will get to it. And okay. they're having a decent discussion about, like, Sid's like, yeah, I wanted to paint the upper part of the wall, you know, to make the make it stand about because I want to be more modern, but not lose that classic New York charm, which is why I went with the white dove for the upper. Instead of the other white, which I, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, I don't either. And Jesse's he the, like, oh, yes, because the colors are are that noticeably different. Yeah. And then when he gets the text, Sid starts ribbing him about, oh, Sophie really likes you, man. Like, yeah, you should definitely go. And because Jesse's like, I'm just going to tell her I hate clubs and we just hang out here. Yeah, we just hang out here on Saturdays and I hate clubs. And Sid's like, no, you're not. You're not going to do that. And then Ellen's like, yeah, you're definitely not doing that. I want to go clubbing in New York. Let's go. I want an excuse to wear one piece and like have somebody bump into me and spill their drink on me and me be like, what? Why'd you do that? And him not hear me because I actually mumbled and the club music's too loud. Yeah. 
then Jesse's like, that was way too specific and plausible of a fantasy. And she's like, yeah. And then Sid's like, yeah, it'll be lit, except he uses lit, you know, vaguely off context. And he's like, and Jesse's just like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah he's like, Jasper. He points over at the other yeah, guy in the scene. Yeah, he goes, yeah, that, that, that'd be tit. And oh, yeah, yeah. Jasper's like, lit. Yeah. And Jasper's just like this younger guy sitting behind the bar. And Jesse's like, oh, what? And he's like, yeah, uh, I have Jasper teaching me new lingo. That way, you know, I can stay up to day on stuff. Yeah, he he's a college student, mm-hmm. and he works here, but he's giving me up to date on the lingo and stuff. Right, Jasper? Nods. Mm-hmm. So then we He kinda... has, like, three lines here all together, and his other line is used when Ellen says something. Yeah. Honestly, Jasper's just amusing in the background. He gets a fun character interaction for Sid. Yeah, so we're then... We then cut to... Outside of FOMO. FOMO. And... Sophie's crew meets up with Jesse's crew, mm-hmm. and they're all hanging around in line waiting to get in. Sophie gets a text from Ian, which sends her kind of into a tailspin. Did I forget something? We learn that Charlie is aware that this is a setup for him to become friends with Jesse and Sid. Oh, yeah, that's Because right. Valentino tells him it's a classic American friends date. Friends setup. Yeah, friends setup. And he's overdressed and, like, worried about it, and Valentina's like... Oh, yeah, he goes to put in ruby... Ru- um, really nice ruby cufflinks, and she's like... No, don't put those in. That's too much. They're not going to care about your cufflinks. And he's like, okay, fine. And then as she walks up, she's like, my cuffs are going to flap everywhere. My cuffs will just flap about them. Yeah. And so, like, that part's amusing. And then it's kind of important that Charlie knows about the setup. Yeah, okay. And then Sophie gets a message from Ian. And it sends her into a tailspin. And she explains to them, like, he sent her a picture of this guy that looks like Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa. And that was a running joke they had when they were talking but not dating because they were never actually dated yeah. they just went on a single date they, they send themselves momoa lookalikes yeah which if you remember stuff from how i met your mother they like lookalikes for some reason yeah and in, in that they care more about lookalikes of the main cast but now it's jason momoa lookalikes yeah there was jason mimosa jason something something i i don't remember all the Jasons. i don't know but they missed the they missed the chance for jason barbosa which is obviously a guy dressed like captain barbosa but looks like jason momoa or jason Mamosa, a mom that looks like jason Mamosa. yeah they missed some good ones for some kind of bad ones yeah but her friends convinced her to just ignore him and she's like okay yeah yeah and the whole like subtext theme of this episode for her son is like being able to live in the moment and mm-hmm. ignore your phone and like just enjoy what you're doing yeah and so while they're doing that we see sid kind of you know convincing jesse like dude seriously like sophie's interested in you like because when they first show up she compliments his shirt because they heard valentina mention the word setup and he's like yeah yeah see it's definitely like yeah Mm -hmm. um because val was trying to get the bouncer to set something up for them yeah and then so we're inside and we see sid having fun and this is where we learn about one of the other rooms so we have the five rooms we mentioned before and then the classic candy room. The classic cl- candy jewelry room? No. The candy nostalgia room. Ah, which he comes back from covered in like candy necklaces, candy bracelets. Candy necklaces, bracelets, ring pops. ring pops. Yeah. And then we have this bar room here. So that's two. So we're now at seven rooms for this bar. And then Jesse decides to make a move and he asks Sophie if she wants to get a drink. And she's like, yeah, I'll meet you in the candle room. But then on her way to the candle room, she gets distracted because she sees a mimosa lookalike. And she's like... That's where I got distracted. I'm I'm probably missing something. Yeah, I know you're looking uh, at me like you want to like just interject. So go ahead. So they're all they're all ha- talking and having fun. It's nothing super important, but it is showing them getting closer as a group. Mm-hmm. Sophie's still hung up on her phone. Alan decides to go dance because she's she has a bit where she's just like originally just sitting there and we see her back and so Alan's just sitting there. She's like, did that girl just make eye contact with me? I, I, I don't know. Looks back down. 
Everyone else is just continuing the conversation. Out of nowhere, she gets into She's like, "I think she just made eye contact with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the floor. I'm gonna go talk to her." And Charlie freaks out when Valentino makes a Three Musketeers reference. Yeah, because Val's trying to jazz him up. He's like, "Who would know what that is? That's pretentious or something." Some pretentious literary reference that I, I do not understand. I just sit around and drink my pabura. My pabura. My pabura. And, and so it's like, do you mean PBR? Is that how it's pronounced? No. Yeah, and like you missed that part, which I, I just thought pubera. was great. My pubera. and so thank you. I forgot about pubera. Yeah, and then so sees the Jason look like after she talks to like yeah, and she gets kicked out. So Sophie mentions like in a voiceover to her sounds like, and that's when I realized because they had been talking about things being in front of them. Like there was a nice guy who was interested right in front of me, and then they agree to meet in the candle room mm-hmm. for drinks, and then on her way to go get drinks, she sees a Jason Momoa look like. Yeah, and she takes a picture of him. And at the when they were coming into the club, they were told that you can't have pictures, that you can't take pictures in FOMO. And they gave them cameras to put over it. Yeah, put little stickers over your camera. And it's just a rule to like emphasize that of anybody that's there is missing out because you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, but she takes a picture of this mimosa, and a security guard shows up and rhymes at her to get her to leave. Yeah, he he just. He's like an Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Yeah. He it's it's actually great. Song. It's fantastic, though. Um, and then Jesse thinks he, he's been stood up. So b- before she takes the picture, Val does run into her. Valentina yeah. runs into her. And she's like, you're gonna you're trying to take a picture of the Momoa look like. She's like, yeah. And Val's just like, cool. If you are if you can do that, I'm allowed to break up with Charlie. And the person's like, yeah, we can both be kind of shitty people. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So Charlie, Sid, and Jesse. Yeah, Charlie, Sid, and Jesse are all like talking and charlie mm-hmm. they find out that it was wasn't a setup for for jesse and sophie but for charlie, charlie to become friends with sid and jesse and then charlie and valentina get into an argument and break up because she can't communicate and just really wants space but like yeah and just before that sid and jesse leave uh as they leave sid looks back ellen stands on the floor with an entirely different girl so she went to see one girl don't know how that turned out we see her briefly in the candle room with jesse when she's run through and she's just like what about that one girl and she's like Nah, struck out on that one, but now no bra Betty or something. Yeah. Something. Um, and so, then she's dancing with an entirely different person. So it's just like, your sister has game. Yeah. So outside at the curb, Valentina and Sophie talk about how, like, Sophie just couldn't communicate because if she had been like, hey, I just need space, and Charlie was like, yeah, I can give you space, then she'd have to reciprocate his boundaries. Yeah, that's what and Valentina says. she's a terrible says. human being. Also, like, so they have that conversation, but when Charlie and Valentina broke up, Charlie was just like, yeah, no, like, if this is how you deal with this, yeah, I don't think we should be in a relationship because at the very beginning of the episode, she sent him to New Jersey to supposedly get the best bagels in New York for them. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, so she's breaking up with me. He's like, yeah, no, I don't think I want to be in a relationship with you if this is how you handle, handle communication. Yeah, if this is how you handle small problems, I don't want to be in this relationship. You're right. He leaves. And then Charlie, Sid, and Jesse are all hanging out with each other at Pemberton's. Yeah, and Charlie's just like, Thanks, you, thank you guys for giving me another shot. Like, And he goes to put in his cufflinks and says, like, oh, those are really nice those, cufflinks. Those are really nice ruby cufflinks. And Charlie's like, thank you. Is that is that White Dove? And, and they have a conversation, like, just enjoying simple things that are apparently too much for normal guys. I don't know if you wouldn't call those ruby cufflinks simple things. I, I mean, but, simple conversation, I, <laughs> not necessarily simple conversation about simple objects but simple conversation uh, so sophia so not sophia why do i keep calling her sophia so sophie and valentina go to pemberton's valentina and charlie get back together they were barely broken up yeah she brings him the actual best bagel 
and then Charlie vows to find his own place to live to give her some space. Mm-hmm. They then go have sex in a closet. Yeah. With with the bagels. Mm-hmm. Sophie then apologizes to Jesse, and she's like, look, I'm a mess. You're a mess. We can't, like, be together, but we can try to be friends. Mm-hmm. And Ellen shows up, and in this moment delivers a... Yeah, Ellen's speech here is actually great. She's like, look, I don't know about you guys, but I just had the time of my life. Like, yeah, I struck out with, like, six different women, but... Uh, you, you know yeah. what I learned? And I, and I got drunk too fast, and... And all this other stuff. But you know what? I learned that there's more than one gay fish in the sea. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. And I can have a fun time and still have chances. Mm -hmm. And so then Sophie and Jesse have their conversation, which they're doing by a record player. And Jesse mentions like, yeah, you're right. We're both a mess. Like, I'm a really huge fucking mess right now. You know, the girl I thought I was going to marry is in Europe recording a solo album. She -hmm. took my cat when we broke up. And I named my cat girl. And, and Sophie's like, oh, so she's got the cat. And he's like, no, my cat that I adopted 11 years ago. And I named girl. That way it could be Jesse's girl. So that I could have Jesse's girl. And then Sophie's, Sophie's like, oh, so now you really just want to have Jesse's girl. And he's like, yeah. So then they're all sitting around and Jesse finally gets the jukebox to play the song he was trying. And it drops of Jupiter. And he's like, I know it's really cheesy, but this song... It's my comfort song. Which is what Sophie said at the beginning of the episode. Yep. The episode ends, and that's it. Yep. So what are your thoughts on How I Met Your Father? Honestly, I hate that I kind of like the show. I get that. It's got, like, good jokes. The second episode feels like it drags. Yeah. But it's got good, like, jokes, like the Jesse's Girl joke. That's just top-tier funny, actually. Yeah. Also, Jasper appeared back in the end of this part, and he mentioned more slang terms, and then told Sid that... He needed the weekend off, and also he was gonna leave early. Yeah. Except he didn't say he needed the things off. He's like, "I'm not working this weekend." Also, I'm gonna leave early. No, it's, he, it's just like, like, I need. I, I'm. I'm not working next Saturday. And yeah. also, I'm not working now. I'm gonna yeah. go. And it just like claps him back. He's like, "Good for you, man. Good for you, buddy." Yeah. So I honestly kind of hate that I like the show. And honestly, everybody's acting feels really stilted. Everybody just feels like they're delivering lines, not like they're yeah. actually being a character. Honestly, the most personable, like. And character actors for delivering their lines seem to be Sid, Ellen, and Charlie, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, Sid is like, and I guess Ellen, actually. Sid and Ellen are the only two people that are, like, likable people. Yeah. Everybody else sucks. Mm-hmm. Even Jesse, who, like... Jesse's just a sad sack that exists, really, in shows where we're supposed to love them. But when we know a sad sack like that, it's like, bro, like, I get it. Your life sucks. But, like, I can't I can't baby you like, like the show tries to do. Like, yeah. that's, that's not how you solve that shit. So all the characters suck except like Sid and Ellen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's where I stand. The sh- I hate that I kind of like the show. I'm not watching it anymore. Thank God it's only got two episodes out and I can't like accidentally go watch an episode three. But I'm not watching any more of the show. I don't want to watch more of the show. Okay, so I have widely held that there's only two great sitcoms, Scrubs and Community. And if a sitcom isn't going to be like 90% of Community or Scrubs, I don't want it. I just don't. Honestly, I'm one of those people that put Golden Girls in there with those. I loved the show. Golden Girls is good, but it's not community good or Scrubs good. Anyways, what's your opinion on episode two and the series as a whole? Yeah, now, I uh, I like some of the setting and character traits and some of the bits that they have. But I also really just like other parts of it. Like, you know, everyone that's not Sid or Ellen or Jasper, I guess. Fair. Like, Charlie is fine, but like I said before, I think his gimmick's going to get tiring by episode six yeah i think that's a fair statement so also 
much like how I met your mother, I hate every time we cut to the present. Yeah, I hate. Also, the- it feels like it did it more in these two episodes than most episodes of How I Met Your Mother. I don't remember, but what I can I feel say- like there were multiple episodes of How I Met Your Mother where they just didn't confront that shit at all. What I can say is I hate this frame story because mm-hmm. if my mother or hell, if my older sister or hell, if my brother who was sitting here in the room called me and was like, hey, uh, I want to tell you the story about how I fucked all these people until I eventually fucked the person that would be... The person I married. Like, I'd be like, cool. Um, how drunk are you right now? Not at all. I'm hanging up. Good night. Yeah, like, I... I, the way the only way I want the show to end that reasonably makes sense in my head is the mother looks up and realizes her son hung no, up on her a long time ago. It doesn't work because he, he's actively engaging and having conversation with her. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyways. I like to imagine he's just phoned back in occasionally and that after this point where he's like, because when, when, in the first episode she kind of just summed up and he's like, he made the bad decision to be like, wait, how's, what's that have to do with dad? And then she just goes on for the rest of the series and occasionally we flash back to her and she says something and he's like, yeah, okay. Sure. Uh huh. Anyways. Oh, that sounds bad. If you want to be in our 2022 flashback when we're 20, when we're in 2050, and telling our children how we met the loves of our life, you can contact us at copilotsreview at gmail dot com. You can tweet us at copilotsreview on Twitter, or you can find either of those links as well as a link to our Discord at copilotsreview.symbolcast.com. That website also has the link to our YouTube channel, which has archived older episodes from last year and. We'll eventually have this episode as well as others. Supposedly. Anyways, thanks for flying with us. Please fly again soon. Mm-hmm.